Old Works Golf Course is one of the most challenging tracks you will find anywhere in Montana, and that's why they host so many of the premier golf tournaments around the Treasure State. The 18-hole course measures at more than 7,700 yards, making it one of the longest courses in the Big Sky State. The Jack Nicholas design comes from one of the best players of all time and one of the world's leading course designs. Jack Nicholas has designed over 310 courses, including this gym located in Anaconda, Montana. Montana. Although right now, golf season is coming to a close, the Old Works Golf Course PGA Improvement Center, featuring PGA professional Andrew Alamey, is now open all winter. Andrew can help you with expert swing and mental coaching, plus custom club fitting, and they have multiple state-of-the-art track band simulators. If you're ready to get into golf or take your game to the next level, call Old Works 406-563-5989. And be sure to check out Jack's Grill while you're there. Jack's Grill is also open year-round. Old Works Golf Course, a gem of the Treasure State located in Anaconda, Montana. Well, I got a stark reminder. We're going to talk all things Big Sky Conference here in a minute, but I got a stark reminder how sometimes we make this way too complicated when it comes to analyzing and also betting on games when it comes to the NFL. Uh, Most teams in the NFL are good at home, especially if they have good home field advantages. Yes. Even the Denver Broncos when they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. How about that? I mean, how about that? It (laughs) lost me all my money yesterday. All I needed on three different legs was just the Chiefs because I thought, okay, they're going to go in there and they'll walk through it. Of course, then I doubled down a halftime because I was like, okay, Mahomes turned the ball over three times. They're not going to do that again. No way they could turn it over five times in a game, right? Chiefs will gut it out and figure out a way to win by two or something. Nope. What a performance by the Broncos. Unbelievable. I, I mean, and I was just there last weekend. I wouldn't have been able to tell right. you that they're going to they just have a great performance. How about defensively? That's why the NFL is wild. You can give up 70, and then one month later, you give yes. up nine to Kansas City and don't allow a touchdown. So it's so bizarre. Anyway, I mean, we like doing it for fun. Whoever thinks they're going to make money bet in the NFL, how fun with that. San Francisco's lost three in a row, and for I still sure. think they're probably the best team in at full strength. So yeah. good, good luck with that aspect <laughs> of it. Hey, Vikings. Good win, Dude. but then you lose Cousins and now no trade value either. Are you, you doing okay over there? Riley Corcoran, our <laughs> vo- the voice of the Grizz, our resident Broncos fan. I, I'm driving back from Moscow yesterday, and I got ESPN 700 out of Spokane on. So they're just going around the NFL, following the Broncos, following all this stuff. But I'm like, whoa, Vikings are rolling. Vikings are rolling in Lambeau. Cool. Kirk Cousins is making me eat my words. And then Kirk Cousins tears his Achilles. I mean, what a – I have been very uh, adamant about – thinking Kirk Cousins is the worst quarterback situation in the NFL and him driving me crazy, but that's not how you want it to end for the guy or for the franchise either. Well, no, and... I like hate, you said, now they have no... They, they were they were thinking about trading, now they can't trade him either. Well, I hate saying it from a transactional point of view from the, instead of the human element, but that's the truth. I mean, now the Vikings, it's more of if they thought they were in no man's land, now it's even worse with what they're going to do, but such is life in the NFL. A lot of quarterback injuries and, uh, you know, kind of the dog days, middle of the season type deal, but let's just say I'm glad that we follow college more than the pros yeah, week to week. Uh, well, let's talk about the, uh, the the scene that played out here. This was the first time where the Cats and the Grizz have been in two different places and also, though, playing at basically the same time. So that was that was interesting. So I got to listen to the first part of your pregame, and then I was in the no-internet-no-cell-phone-service Kibby Dome. The boonies. I mean, it's <laughs> like, you think we're in the middle of nowhere. What is going on? Like, my cell phone wouldn't work. It took me half an hour to get on the Wi-Fi. I'm, like, screaming at the computer. Anyways, I, I digress. Um, but... I mean, a lot to talk about here with the Grizz. I mean, I guess the number one factor is that they have as many wins as they did last year. 
and there's still three regular season games left. Who had that? Who had that, and who had them getting off to their best start since 2009? Wild. Wild. I mean, they won the first 14 there. They're 7-1 and one here. If you could have just went a blind draw and said, all right, they're going to be 7-1 and one going into November, but you can't pick the loss, would you take it? 99 out of 100 Grizz fans would take that. Yep. And, and what's been so crazy, and we've chronicled it week by week, Coulter, just the continued development. It's been astonishing to see. This is not the same team that we saw against Butler. It's clearly not the same team we saw against Northern Arizona. And dare I say, from my view of what I've seen, it's not even the same team we saw against UC Davis. They've continued to add layers, add wrinkles, and that's why they're sitting in the top three, top four in the country, depending on what poll you look well, at. Let's start from the back end in, because you and I talked a lot about like the complex coverages that are running on the back end and i think that they were uh it was feast or famine at first but now they have multiple i mean i think that there's been a couple guys that have risen up that have played really really well lately the emergence of jace klusiewicz gives them a real deal another corner trevor gradney's been really good uh corbin walker is a stalwart i mean he's the guy that you didn't have question marks come into the year Ronald Jackson's moved all over the place quite a bit but it's to me it's klusiewicz being able to truly play like cover two corner that's really helped them and I also think they're getting great play out of their safeties many of whom who are seniors and I think you can tell those guys are sort of feeling it right now they're feeling that it's it's coming to an end and they don't want to be done playing it's a fascinating dynamic to go inside the locker room right now and, and just feel it right because the, the years of hard work and I, I love doing it each week where you know Nash Fouch is playing in his 50th game Garrett Graves is playing in his yep. 51st game and that time invested you're yep. starting to see it pay off not that they they weren't playing hard in certain games sure. before it's just it's just that human element of kicking it to another gear right now and I would say that if we're looking specifically at the defense because this was a historical defensive performance shut out your opponent two scores on defense and under 100 total yards, seven first downs, three of them coming by penalty, and one out of 15 on third down. You're not going to see a stat line like that in a long time, maybe sure. ever. But with the Grizzly defense specifically, Coulter, I think when you want to talk about the front six, front seven, it's the starters that have really done a great job. Knock on wood, with everything that's happened with the Grizzly line, I know Coach Alex said three out of their top four. I'd say two out of their top four, sure. at least going into the year, out. I think their front line is held up really well. Yes, they do have depth. But Edwards, as well as Gubner, obviously, in the middle, and Hayden Harris has really emerged. Those three yeah. up front, their linebackers have been playing at an elite level. The, Riley Wilson being back in a full capacity has just changed that dynamic from a pressure standpoint. So I want to highlight at least the front six, the starters. And then when you talk about the back end, I'm with you. It's the depth that they have been able to establish now with Jace Klusiewicz, Jackson Lee, a yep. pick six for him, picks in back-to-back games. But now you're starting to see the secondary having – legit four corners, legit five or six safeties, and that has made this a well-rounded unit that's now turned out to be the top defense in the big sky. It's amazing. <laughs> I also think that you mentioned that 2009 team. There's been a lot of people, How different is the feel with this there, team compared to 09? There's, there's a lot of people, though, that have been comparing this Grizz team to the 2008 team. That 2008 team uh, was pretty clunky in the non-conference. And they barely beat a D2. They beat Central Washington 38-35. And then they went out to open conference play and got their asses kicked against Weber State. And then they didn't lose again until the national championship game. This Grizz team, though, in makeup reminds me more of the 09 than the 08 team defensively. And what I mean by that is a lot of those guys on the 2009 defense, they got a lot of stardom and accolades afterwards. Like, people remember Shan Schillinger as this NFL guy, and he was absolutely a phenomenal player at Montana. 
but he was a part of a cog. He was a cog in a machine at Montana. And then when he goes and runs 4-5 on his pro day, gets drafted, people remember him also as the kid from Baker who went on to get drafted. But, like, he was just a part of this mechanism that was the Grizz defense. And that this team reminds me of that. I just – we talk all about the system that Coach Houck runs. Dare I say that I think that the Grizz actually – benefited is the wrong word but losing three all-americans hasn't hurt him at all i honestly think that that coach hauk's coaching style works better when it can be all for one one for all like 25 guys just contributing because that's what i mean count them up they have probably 20 guys that are contributing and playing on defense right now and i hope that this doesn't get construed in the wrong way right because Sometimes you have superstars, and I think that that we're seeing it through the same lens here, where you have a couple superstars and everyone kind of fills in from the rest to where everyone talks about each week Robbie Houck's tackle total or Justin Ford's interception total or Pat O'Connell's sack total or what he can get in the backfield. This team, not even close. The only thing that ever happened with that was Trevin Gradney getting four picks in four games and Braxton Hill just getting double-digit tackles. Besides that, it's somebody different each week, and I'm with you that that it's it's more of the the whole rather than a sum of the parts and you see now with this defense and I think for coach Alec, you have to be smiling a little bit because this is a byproduct more now of the system that the system yep. is working and yes that you can add a wrinkle or two and clearly what they're doing in the back end and and there's a lot more people that are qualified to go through the X's and the O's with the coverages of what they've done to add another wrinkle to this defense but they are now still as of this week number one in the country in rush defense yep. and top five in the country in turnover margin and turnovers force. They forced two or more turnovers in every game against the Division One team. So, I mean, the when you have all of that working together, this feels like a, a snowball, right? When you watch like the Grinch Stole Christmas or, or some of these, yeah, we're getting the holiday season, you see the snowball, it starts smaller <laughs> and then it keeps rolling and it's bigger and bigger and bigger yep. as it gets to the yep. bottom. I kind of feel that's the way with this Grizzly defense with the momentum they have right now. Well, they also have the sense of belief, and uh, that, that's uh, that's something that's been somewhat elusive to this program since Bobby Howe came back, and uh, now now I think they got it, and uh, they still have two huge tests at home and one on the road to, to finish out this regular season, but uh, I've been very impressed. I certainly have. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items and get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Let's talk uh, offensively then. Um, I mean, the story of the day is the uh, the shiny new toy they got at quarterback. Well, I mean, what did you think? Say his name for me again. Kaleee. Kaleee. Okay. There you go. Kaleee. Yeah. Everyone thinks it's K E. It's it's K. So Kaleee. Kaleee. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of him? <laughs> it was pretty awesome. My man. phone was I mean, blowing up. It, man. By the time I actually got back into service at the Kibby Dome. Everybody in the world. I mean, I had former players text me. Everybody's like, what's up with this kid? Where's this kid been? You know, the funny thing is, is watching behind the scenes at practice, it has been three or four weeks now that he has been running with the twos. And it was a matter of when, not if, he was going to get into a game. And probably not the right situation to do it at Idaho. Top 10 game, all of that. It was the perfect scenario against Northern Colorado. Is the red shirt part of ti- the timing? Is that intentional? A, a little bit. I, I think that when, when they put him to number two on the depth chart after Northern Arizona or around the time of the Idaho State game, 
they were aware that obviously they weren't going to burn the red shirt. But if he did get in against Idaho State or UC Davis, then they would have worried about it maybe on the back end, but preserving the four games. But now, obviously, as we know, he's eligible to play every game the rest of his career. He's still going to get a yep. red shirt no matter what happens now. Um, I wild. S- uh, it is wild. I, I see a guy, Coulter, that... It's so cliche to say the it factor, but he's got it. I mean, he has the it factor. It comes more naturally to KLEE. I, I think his composure really struck me for someone as a true freshman to come in here, handle the offense so well. There were two penalties that actually negated huge pass plays that would have maybe put the Grizz on the board a little bit more, would have had his stat line elevate. And that's not the big point picture in all of this. It's that the Grizzlies feel they have a true freshman that can contribute at quarterback now. And now they still plan to run this two-quarterback system with just Ayat maybe sliding into what Sam Bidlock had for a role the first month of the season. So I think you're still going to see Ayat. This wasn't just a flash in the pan, and, and Clifton McDowell still did his part, and the offense still was able to run for nearly 300 yards so it was a perfect day but you're right the shiny new toy of KLEI we've been seeing it behind the scenes for weeks he's continued to get better with each week of practice are we are we buying and selling the two quarterback thing because it was such a struggle the when they were trying to do it the first month of the season and then it seemed like they really turned a corner when they just had one guy in Clifton McDowell I I think that when you have options, it's a good thing, right? And to establish yeah. the fact that if McDowell does go down or down or something happens, yeah. you have someone capable. I, I'm with Ayotte's you. Probably also not looking over his shoulder. Like Vidlak and McDowell were still battling it out. Where this is more of like, a, hey, freshman, you're in. It's your chance. Go do it. Exactly. And I think too. And I, I don't want to be the guy that reads too much into social media posts, right? But I've got a good idea of what the quarterback room and how connected those guys are. I mean, Clifton McDowell retweeted something yeah, he about, was tweeted about he is him, for sure. right? That he's the guy. And I think there's been a great deal of leadership going on there where he's not looking over his shoulder, where this combination, Coulter, feels like a two-quarterback system that could work with your freshman that's learning that can throw a little bit more. And then Clifton McDowell, the savvy senior, when things, you know, maybe when they need the ship steadied, he can go in there and and pick up yardage in chunks. And he did that. When he went back in the game in the second half, he seemed to run with fresh legs, fresh body a little bit. The carries are starting to stack up a little bit on McDowell. He's had four straight games with double-digit rushing attempts. So this is only going to alleviate that. I think that what you said about the defense and belief and buying in, I feel that you have that with the offense now. There's no question Clifton McDowell is now the starter and the leader. And I think that he knows that. And guys are following behind him. But now the addition of Ayat, I think everyone believes it's an added element rather than it being distinct pressure of, okay, who's our guy? Introducing SmartBiz, the ultimate Wi-Fi solution for Missoula's small businesses from Blackfoot Communications. With out-of-the-box dedicated networks, top-tier security, and network failover, you'll stay seamlessly connected. Just $20 a month, no contracts. Sign up at blackfootsmallbusiness.com slash better Wi-Fi and connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. All right, let's talk about this uh, night game then on Saturday. Sac is a Sac State's a weird team to me because I've watched them a lot. I watched them. I watched the whole game against Idaho. I watched the whole game against Northern Arizona because it was a, it was the last game on in the Big Sky Conference that day. I was at Sacramento uh, when they played the Cats and watched them from the sidelines there. And uh, I watched their. I mean, I, I flipped through it pretty quick, but I watched their whole tape against Northern Colorado too because I was trying to learn something about the Bears and I was trying to figure out. How they held sack to twenty one points? Did you learn anything? It's well, first of all, <laughs> first of all, I, I will say this: uh, Northern Colorado is so far away on offense, man. They are so far away. Like, as soon as I saw that they had 
a freshman center, and then Alex Governor just like. The first play of the game was a microcosm of the day. It was a sack for Gubby. He just eviscerated this poor kid. And I texted my brother. I was like, dude, Governor's going to have the biggest day in the history. And then they had to start triple teaming him, and that's why Riley Wilson had three sacks because Governor was just – I mean, this poor kid. Talk about baptism by fire. You got to go against the best nose guard in the country. Uh, But Northern Colorado's actually kind of good on defense. They play really hard. You could tell they have a defensive coach and that they're well coached. They still have some talent gaps for sure. But they play hard. They do. In the first quarter and a half, they stymied the Grizz. Yeah. Really, was the pick six that, yeah. that sparked everything else. But I'm with you. Defensively, yeah. they're not too far away. Offensively, they got a lot of they issues. They got a lot. If you just meld Cal Poly in Northern Colorado, you'd have like an upstart team, right? You could have a middle of the pack team. Because Cal with Poly their, yeah. can't do anything defensively, but they're like okay on offense. And I don't know. We digress. Uh, a DUI is a serious charge, and the process can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. I'm attorney Dave Maldonado, and I have the experience and knowledge necessary to effectively represent you and make the situation manageable. Visit BigSkyDefender.com today. Sack State is... I, they're like the hardest team in the league for me to get a beat on because they're, the they're number seven in the country this week. Right. I mean, but but at the same time, there's still question marks there, on both sides. There's all sorts of question marks. So often over the last several years, they won games because of their head coach. I mean, Troy Taylor, and, and I, I love Andy Thompson. Andy Thompson's been one of our go-to guys in the Big Sky Conference. He has been as nice and cool to me as anybody in the entire league over the last 10 years. And I don't actually think that this is a, a scrutiny of Andy Thompson whatsoever. I just think that Troy Taylor has like some stuff that's different than pretty much every offensive coach I've ever seen in the big sky and he would just he put some stuff in that would just he'd win the game for you i mean he made adjustments against montana two different times and against montana state once that straight won them games over the last several years and i just don't know if they have that now the word you said is adjustments they yeah. were able to adjust in game so well and and the pregame planning to pull something out and to have the confidence of of running a different wrinkle that no one's seen before in a big time game in a big time atmosphere he was the best at it and troy taylor i mean one of the best i, I think him jay hill and bo baldwin back at eastern washington right, right? those are those are three guys that were just so exceptional at the, at the time when they were at their respective schools. And and I'm with you. Everything that you said about the Taylor to Thompson's Hornets, I agree. I mean, it, it's no knock on Andy Thompson at all. Yeah. But, but hey, can Sac State pull out the same kind of magic they've had against the Grizz? They have had Montana's number. Yep. But it will be such an interesting dynamic here on Saturday. It's the classic case. Sac State offense against Grizzly defense. Yeah. And then... The other side. Who can win the other side between the pedestrian Sac State defense and Grizz offense? Just judging by numbers, they're both middle of the pack. I think the hardest part for me to gauge like what about Sac State is what what kind of team are they? What identity do they have, right? Like the Grizz are a defense and special teams team that wants to control it and they want to like Ed Lamb said, they play perfect complementary football because they, they just keep it simple on offense, and they don't make mistakes, and then they want to just avalanche you on defense and just get after you and just pound you, pound you, pound you. And if they win special teams, game over. Forget the, it. The Cats, it's simple. They just want to run the ball. They want to run the rock. And, you know, you go down the line, Idaho, they want to put the ball in the hands of their quarterback, and they want him to have the ball in, the, in Giovanni McCoy's hands as often as possible. Sack, I just don't know. I mean, they, they benched Caden Bennett on Saturday, which is totally wild because he was great the first month of the season, and then he's kind of regressed. Like that pick six he threw against Montana State, since then he's been he's been totally average. But they also can't lean into their defense. 
you'd say, okay, well, let's lead in the running game because we have this talented guy, Marcus Fulcher, but he's been all sorts of banged up. The backup's been banged up. They've been rolling with the, the Tau Tolliver kid who's the third-string guy. So it, it's just interesting. Good job by them to still be in the top 10 despite not having really anything to lean into, but I think that's why I'm just uh, they just are elusive to me. Well, and when you're talking about a team that's in the top 10 that's going to come in to Missoula here this weekend and face the number one rush defense in the country, and you have your top three rushers potentially out between Bennett. He's the quarterback, but he's also the leading rusher. Fulcher, as you mentioned. And then their backup has been out the last two games as well. So I don't know what they're going to do from an offensive standpoint. Are they going to roll with the true freshman? I thought it was interesting last week. I mean, both coaches and both programs essentially did the same thing. We've got a true freshman star, and we're waiting until the fourth, the final game of the season to bust him out. Does that mean that he's in the game plan for both head coaches for every game from here on out? I don't know. It, it, It will be interesting to see that part of it because I feel for Sacramento State and I think I don't know if this this goes into the identity piece that we're talking about here culture but for them to be elite they have to be so good offensively I mean I think defensively they're above average or average to above average but I don't think they got one D lineman that Jet Stanley that was Mm -hmm. impressive when I watched him Armand Bailey the linebacker is good yeah uh, they got good athleticism in Caleb the secondary. Caleb Nelson in the secondary, he's good. But yeah. are they going to go win a game for you? I, right. I, I'm not sure. Now can their well, offense the go thing, in a game? The big yeah. sky, you got to be so freaking good defensively for your defense to win games for you. Well, and a stat that runs true for at least the Grizzlies, and this just goes to show you how how you have to beat them. And Sac State's done it the last three years when they've allowed 23 points or fewer. They've won 31 straight regular season games. Wow. So there's your number. Yeah. You have to score. 24-plus to beat Montana. Yeah. So can Sac State do that? Can they make this game a shootout and make Montana maybe a little bit uncomfortable? There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. The other thing is that Sac State has done some stuff offensively that Montana just refused to adjust to, and it cost them a couple different. I mean, I hearken back to, I mean, the quarterback injuries both in the 2019 game and last year's game color the result. I mean, Sac's beat Montana three times in a row. And I guess quarterback injuries actually color all three results because Dalton Sneed was banged up going into the sack game and they got knocked completely out and missed time after that when they played down there in 2019. 2021, Chris Brown was the starter, right? Because uh, Cam Humphrey was out, right? Yep. Red zone interception. And then last year, you got the targeting over, targeting over Lucas Johnson. You got to roll with Chris Brown again. So that certainly colors all of it. But also... Sack just they they did a couple things offensively like the two back sets that they were doing the two quarterback sets that I know I had Grizz fans pulling their hair out because you know it, it's a it's a simple adjustment when Montana's defense doesn't really adjust they don't really they, they do what they do and they're just trying to get after your ass that's what they try to do dare I say a little bit of stubbornness uh, right I sure. mean, yeah a little bit but I mean when it works like you hold a team for less than 100 yards of offense that's why you do it because you right. can just eviscerate teams when you really get rolling so I I mean that's not a criticism at all I wouldn't adjust if I was Montana's defense either I mean they 
they're the team in the league that can win games with their defense, period. I mean, they scored 14 points defensively on Saturday. Yeah, and at this point, what Sacramento State, what, what can they do for an offensive game plan, right? Because right. that's what Troy Taylor did so well. Now, Andy Thompson, he's still calling the plays. He's still your defensive coordinator. Yeah. But what made Sacramento State so good against Montana goes back to the stat I just said. They've been able to score on an elite defense for three straight times. That has nothing to do with who's in a quarterback for Montana, right? right? They've been able to put points that's on right. the board. That's right. So that so to me, plus against Montana's defense three times. A yeah, year. And, yeah, and that just, I guess twenty eight the twenty twenty one game. It's still true. That, that just doesn't happen. That just doesn't. Ha- at least yeah, it hasn't happened right. during this regime against the Grizzly defense. That's the matchup, right? If we're talking about what's the headlining act, it's the Sac State offense against the Grizz defense. The the opener might be fascinating too, and then special teams. Grizz had their worst special teams game against Northern Colorado. Didn't need it. That of course in a top ten battle under the lights will be an X factor too. Uh, I'm uh, I'm so fascinated to see how this thing plays out because. Uh, it just feels so different around these two programs. Because, again, Sac State's won a lot of games, but they don't have, like, this crazy amount of momentum. Mm-hmm. The way that the all the momentum narratives in the big sky have shifted over the last three weeks is the most interesting part of all this, right? The Cats were straight rolling, and then they they – they ran. They it's like when you take the rental car over the thing backwards and it pops all the tires. I do think they're going to be able to bounce back and adjust, but it, it, it's it's a completely unique thing for Montana State right now. They've never lost a regular season game under Brett Vegan where they had to then go bounce back unless it was a FBS game and then they go play, you know, a non scholarship at home or you know the last time they lost a Big Sky game was in Missoula to the Grizz and then it was the playoffs and they had a wholesale change at quarterback so they've never they've literally never done this under this coaching staff. Idaho, what a great adjustment by them. They get completely deflated. They get a bye, and they turn it back around. Uh, Montana, they just keep surging, keep surging, keep surging, and they keep building momentum. Sac, it is, they haven't been able to harness the momentum, but they've been pretty good. That's why they're sitting here. So I, I don't know. This, this is a very weird matchup to me right now because – just based on the feel of momentum, you'd say Montana's a gigantic favorite. But Sac State's won here recently, and, you know, they they are the 3 defending Big Sky champs, so it's just hard to get a beat on it. Well, to find out who is going to be favored in this game will be something, too. Oh, you, man, you right? You can look at it through different different lenses, and I think Washington Grizzly Stadium and, and that factor is going to come Night into game. play. Oh, man. What's the, what's the temperature going to be like? going to be about 40, 35 to 40 degrees. Oh, I was hoping way colder. I know. Well, I was hoping like 8 degrees no, like last we're, week. No, I think we're thinking 35 to 40 with a slight chance of rain. Ooh. So that might change it a little bit. I Man. think that would probably favor Montana, right? Bit, the the yeah. uglier, the sloppier it gets yeah. will be that. But I'm with you on the momentum side of things in this league. And it, it's so crazy to me. What have you done for me lately, right? Because yep. even nationally, it was South Dakota State, Montana State, and everybody else. Yep. And now all of a sudden, it looks like at least to me that South Dakota State's on a plane that they've deserved to be by themselves. Yep. And then there's probably four or five teams that are in that next group between two and seven. And I would say all four of the Big Sky teams are probably yep. in that mix yep. with Furman and Delaware. Yep, That's probably what you have for, for the, the next tier. And when we're talking about big picture, I got to ask you, your thoughts on the poll right oh, now, man. the, the national lead with poll. Talk about burying the lead. Whoa. Montana's ranked number four this week. Idaho's ranked number three. I'll tell I, you my poll. I mean, when we get I, here. I don't know how that's possible. How do you jump from Montana's nine to Montana's got to be number two. If you're go, if you, I mean, why do head-to-heads matter? Montana just won in the Kibbe Dome two weeks ago. It wasn't how, like how it was three months ago. I know. I know deserves all the credit in the world for knocking off the number two team. They should be number. They should be number three. Montana should be two. No doubt, right now, and I'm not saying this is how the Big Sky teams are going to be at the end of the year, or, yeah. or this is how I feel. But judging by the heads head to head, which is what matters in this sport, yeah. 
it has to be Montana, Idaho, Montana State, Sacramento State, in that order. Yes. At least for the Big Sky teams. Yes. Right? Whether Montana's two or three behind Furman, that's right. for another discussion. There's only one of those four teams that has one loss. It's Montana. Yep. Period. And, and they've got two ranked yep. wins on the road. So None of it matters. It, no. no. None of it yeah. matters. Because here's the thing. The, the Big Sky champion, whoever can figure out how to go 7-1 and one in Big Sky Conference play, is getting the two seed. Period. For, that's right. Yep. And the, and the team that's second is going to get a three or four seed. And the team that's third is definitely going to get a seed. And then depending on who is the fourth team, they might get a seed. I, I do think that Montana State, Montana, and Idaho, well, maybe Idaho, I, I, do, I do think that two league losses for the big three, could you could still get a seed. I think if Sack loses, though, again, they're going to be out of the seed. It'll be interesting if Sack loses close here in Missoula yeah. and then wins close their last two and makes it. Thing. Oh, yeah. And, but, but makes it eight and three <laughs> with their three losses being to the Cats, Idaho, and the Grizz. They might sneak in at the yeah. eight. But I'm with you. I think the winner of the Big Sky will get the two. I think Idaho, if they win out right now, they're in for a top four. I, yeah, think, I think that so. they're That's probably right. four. I think if things go right for the Grizz this weekend and Grizz Cats for all the marbles, I think the loser of that game is probably six. Yeah. So you have a chance where I think really the seeding could be two, four, six, and eight, all Big yeah, Sky teams. Right. It's a possibility of that. Realistically, I think three teams are going to get seeded. If Montana does beat Sac State this week, Sac State's probably not going to get a seed, but still should be comfortable to be in. But... Man, this is going to be such a wild and fun month, culture. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, guys like us, I mean, fans, all year you talk about this stuff. And for us, let's just take a step back and pinch ourselves that we're going into the month of November. Well, first of all, thank goodness everybody plays each other. Yes, it's about time that we're not worrying right? about any of that or that we can have split champions with no one playing each other. At least everyone, if they beat each other up, that's one thing. But to not have these common opponents is just another one. So I'm glad that that has happened. But but this is the epicenter for the FCS right now. It's the state of Montana. It's between Missoula and Bozeman right now. And the, the storylines are all circling around it. It is going to be a wild ride. I could see anything happening these next three weeks. But I just know that uh, there's going to be some special moments inside the stadium. And uh, we're all better for that. What kind of mood are we expecting out of Coach Alk today? I think we're going to see a very... <laughs> we're doing oh, this pre-press conference right yeah, now. Yeah, this, so. this is going to be a very dry uh, press. Maybe even drier than normal. I was just going to straight up ask him, what's your favorite part about coaching this team? But I got to gauge the mood first before I ask him that. Ask him about Halloween candy. That can gauge <laughs> the mood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he loves talking about costumes and candy. I'll tell you that. That's really one of his favorite things. Oh. Uh, he's Riley Corkin, voice of the Grizz. Joins us once a week here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Great stuff, man. Thanks for being here. You bet. Thanks. Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you.